Welcome. Today is Monday, March 25th. Today's episode is brought to you by the Michigan Taproom at Stardust Lanes in Saginaw, Michigan. With 41 plus beers on tap, hundreds of spirits, ready your favorite cocktail, an environment unlike any other. The Michigan Taproom at Stardust Lanes is your craft beer destination. Happy Oberon Day. We pop beers, pop corn, and pop cherries. March Madness is in full swing, and so is Oberon season. Let's go. Three, two, one. This is the Matt Mew Show with Matt Hensler and Adam Musinski. Ankle has landed. So we're live at Stardust, our first on-site broadcast. And our good friend and one-time guest. Enemy of the show. Now he is. (laughs) Uh, He's like, don't invite me, I'm here. I don't want to watch your show being a very not cool friend and supporter. So I accidentally invited him. I was like, whatever. I really don't care. He's giving us lots of frowny faces on Facebook. So, Justin, you're no longer invited ever again. <laughs> um, Welcome. This Welcome is, all. This is exciting. This is a monumentous occasion for us. I'm a little, uh, a little excited, a little nervous. This is our first on-site broadcast, and this is fun. It's exciting. I don't know how to feel right now. You know, like Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby doesn't know what to do with his hands? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how I feel. I'm really jittery and jumpy. Jittery and jumpy. Yes. Hey. Yes, we, we I'm, got all, I'm, all, I'm all the J adjectives. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. You can be excited, right? True. Very true. Hopefully I don't get like the excited pukes or pee my pants or anything. <laughs> so for those watching live, please let us know if uh, there's any quality issues or audio issues as we go. We think we got them figured out, but keep us in the loop. You know how to get a hold of all of us. And this is new for us, as we said. So, uh, as we said in the introduction, today we are celebrating one of the most exciting beer holidays in Michigan, Oberon Day. Today is the day Bell's Oberon is launched. What are you tapping your microphone for? Speak into the microphone. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to all the ambient noise. Right. Um, And... uh, We'll get to that here shortly, but that's why we came to Stardust on site tonight, because they're having their big party. Yeah. For those that don't know, we actually started our uh, podcast almost a year ago. Holy smokes. That's right. We got a cool year episode coming up for you in a few weeks, but it was in May, but our first beer of the podcast was Oberon. Oberon, that's right. You know, so being able to do our first on location broadcast during what is considered a national holiday for the state of Michigan. So I guess it'd be more a state holiday, not a national holiday. Yeah. It, I was recording <laughs> our Instagram live video earlier today, and that threw me for the biggest loop. I was just like, wait, a national holiday. Wait, no, it's actually just Michigan, though. So is it really national? No. And I just deleted the video. Good job, Adam. Yep. That's why we keep you around. Hey, someone's got producers here. Awfully tech savvy. Um, so before we get diving into beer and sports and all that fun stuff, we're going to talk about our question in the podcast. So if you're listening live, feel free to give us an answer if you haven't already. Um, we're going to talk about one of the, you feel it's a big debate, 
I'm sort of... I don't know how I feel about it. I, I thought it was, but apparently I was wrong. So, popcorn. Popcorn. Uh, microwave or stovetop popcorn? And I, I think it's a good question. Good job. I, um, I'm trying to think of simple, <laughs> highly debatable questions. I no, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious here. I, I do like it. I appreciate this. It's a very good question. Um, but question the podcast is brought to you by Amazon Music. Try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days. Go to the link in the episode description to start listening. Go to mattandmuse.com. Click on our featured products, and you can see all the featured products from the show, including yeah. Amazon Music and chips and toothbrushes. And I actually have to update it for the episode 34. It's the episode 33 one, too, but we get the most love for these ones, so <laughs> we're just going to do it again. Why not? So continue to weigh in the question. Microwave or stovetop popcorn? Um We'll give you our answers later in the show. I'll dive into it, because I guess what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. I thought we were going to have a Pepsi-Coke debate, but nothing came to fruition. Big word. I think I've got a reason why, but I'll get to it later. Okay. All right. So let's talk about it. Why are we here, Matt? Um, Because we decided to ask Stardust to sponsor us this episode. And they said... No. And then I asked again. He's like, yeah, okay. But it's only this little amount of money. <laughs> we don't need lots. I mean, we're willing to sponsor a person for an episode, too, if you just want to throw us a bone. We're, uh, we're really new in this podcast game. so And it's very affordable. It very really affordable. is. Um, so anyway, we are here because it is Oberon Day. Is that what we're getting into now? Yeah, we're going to get into it. Oberon. Oberon. One of my favorite beers because it's Bells, which makes fantastic liquid. It's beer. And it's summer in a glass. Yes. I wore my Bell shirt tonight because I wanted to be a fanboy. Oberon. I, did, I, I picked this out like a week ago. I'm like, I can't wear this before then because I have to wear it Monday night. <laughs> and Jameson got sick over the weekend, so I did a ton of laundry, so I could have worn it, but just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Look at you. So, yeah, Bell's <laughs> Oberon, tears to warm weather on the horizon. It's an exciting time of year. It's it's an awesome time of year. Um, for those who don't know, out-of-state listeners or, I don't know, people that don't like beer, um, Oberon's basically fantastic. Uh <laughs> Hell of a description. It says it right I, in the side of the can. It, this it, beer is basically fantastic. <laughs> it's it's summer in a glass or a can or a bottle or a mini keg or however you're drinking it at the time. That's keg stands. Is, I only drink Oberon via keg stands when I'm off air. <laughs> That's a good thing. You know what? We should do it on Instagram Live one day. Oh, an Instagram Live keg stand. We should get like a mini keg, though, of Oberon or Heineken. Mini keg of Heineken. Do a keg stand with a five liter of Heineken. I'm game. I hate Heineken. Oh, it'd be so fun, though. I hate... I, I, it'd be ugh. fun watching our fat butts try to balance on a five-liter keg. Good save. Family show. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke is a fantastic detective. So with summer brings Oberon, which also brings, for me at least, camping. And one of my favorite things to do while we go camping is to make an ear... Oberon ear. Where was ear coming from? How did I say ear... Um, I don't even know. I think okay. you because you were gonna say beer, 
then you forgot the buh. <laughs> so it's a uh, ear. Okay. Anyways. I'm guessing. I don't, I don't know. We go camping a lot in the summer, and I always have my Oberon beer moses. Uh, so, for those Adam has never camped sober. Fact. Throwing that out there. Fact. <laughs> On Sundays, I'm sober when I have to drive oh, when, home. When you come home. <laughs> then I crack open a beer because I'm like, crap, crazy. I got to unpack them all over. Grumpy from packing everything up. I and oh, grab a rubber, rubber, rubber. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, beer moses, though, they're awesome. Uh, basically, 25% white wine, sparkling white wine. So basically, 7 up is what I use. Um, 15% orange juice and 60 percent Oberon. Um, I basically just mix it around until it fizzes and it tastes good. I would uh, I would just uh, not measure it. I would just put it in the glass and call it good. Just the Oberon? Yeah, I'd throw a little orange juice in there. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. It I mean, it's better Oberon, than the... Uh, I want more of the, the 7-Up and then a little OJ to clear it all up. It's better than the... Uh, the mimosas that a friend of ours makes with uh, Cobra. Take a 40 of Cobra and a half gallon of orange juice and mix it together. Does Justin do that? No, DJ does. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. DJ mixes 40s of Cobra with orange juice, or at least he says he does. It's got to be great for the intestines. Okay. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> we need to have DJ come on. Let's do some King Cobra beer moses. It'd be fun if we did, like, cooking with Dale. And he just <laughs> prepared them for us. Dude, we need another camera so we can pan off to, the like, a separate part of my basement. <laughs> he's, he's over there just on the table just mixing <laughs> stuff together like a mad scientist. <laughs> As you see here, I had this much orange juice. So this the, much cobra. His voice is a lot deeper. I have this much orange juice and this much <laughs> king cobra. And where's my twenty-five ounce bush light? But he doesn't. For sound, the record, DJ's not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a robot at all. Um. So back to Oprah. <laughs> um, this episode's gonna be rough, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. There's so much going on in here. There's a lot to distract us. There's TVs going on everywhere. There's people drinking beer around us. There's balloons flying all over through the air because people are celebrating by throwing balloons for whatever reason. You're getting know. Matt and Muse in our legitimate natural environment. <laughs> the bar. <laughs> Not even the bar, the tap room. Yeah, like, I mean this is this is where we first met. This is. Like wild. Don't it's know. Got, it's got a little sen- sentimental here. <laughs> Tear came to my eye. Did it? No. I was filled with rage. <laughs> Usually that's your problem. <laughs> you were filled with rage meeting me? I appreciate that. Yeah. I was like, man, that guy's got it all. I'm so jealous. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kelly's even left. <laughing. laughs> um, right. So, so you're going to tell us about this beer or what? You had the link up over there. I, mean, I did. You're just and making I mimosas. It. It's Oberon. I told you. It's it, basically awesome. It's, it is delicious weed ale. A lot of times it gets served with a slice of orange. Many people think there's orange in the beer. There is not. There's no fruit in the beer whatsoever. And there's no right way to do it. You either can or you don't have to. It's all personal preference. I'm not a fruit in my beer type of guy. 
You gotta be honest with you. I agree. I, I do. When they offer the orange, I always take it. Just because I like oranges. Just take a... And I, I, will, I know I it does taste it. good when you get a little bit of beer on your orange. Mm. You eat the orange. Yeah. It's like a fizzy orange. Money. It's pretty good. Money. Money in the bank. <laughs> Shorty, what you think? Um, <laughs> anyways, so we eat fermented ale. Um, it's basically their signature ha- house Yale East. Um, very basic in ingredients-wise, but it comes out with a very unique flavor. Um, no Belgian undertones that you get a lot of these um, wheat ales that, that they'll have. is just because of the yeast they use has the clove in it. Um, it's easy drinking, um, six-month life. Don't know why I can't find the ABV on this site. It's not. It's like 5%. <laughs> Adam is <laughs> struggling a bit this evening. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. So Oberon is only available for us in Michigan starting in March through usually the first part of September. And But if you're lucky enough to live in Arizona, Florida, or Tennessee, maybe? I don't know the I don't know state. about Tennessee. Somewhere in that area. You get it year-round. True. Very true. Um, so we're only available to get it certain part of the time of the year and it still becomes Bell's number two selling beer in the state of Michigan which is insane it's only available half the year not even half the year um, awesome I mean it's it's a fantastic beer if you've never had Oberon before I don't even know why we're still talking about it to be honest with you just go drink some damn Oberon please this is the beer that needs the least convincing and description for and yet this is the beer we've spent the longest time talking about let's move on all right so this is a seasonal beer as we talked about um one thing we sort of want to talk about today is seasonal beers and seasonality etc etc so what is your opinion of seasonal beers love or hate um that's a loaded question for me i love them i mean it's I'm, i'm glad every beer has a season Obviously, you get some of your darker beers in the fall and winter and some of your lighter beers like this in the spring and summer. But from the, from the standpoint of a consumer, I get really excited for these beers to come out, and I look forward to them, and I make sure I try them when I can, um, especially when it comes like the big hitters. Like, like you get your, your um, hop slams. Sorry. <laughs> At Hop Slam from Bells, your KBS that comes out, all the big seasonals, the high gravity, the high ABV ones, I get really geeked for those. Um, but on the flip side, I still want to drink them other times of the year. I'm not really a seasonal drinker. I won't only drink light beers in the summer and heavy beers in the fall and winter. I know a ton of people that are like that. I'm not. I will drink a stout all year long, no matter how hot or cold out it is, so just whatever I'm in the mood for at that time. So, I get excited for them, but I, I always want them. I would love to drink an Oberon in December, a fresh Oberon in December. Yeah, right. Me too. I mean, that's 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 my standpoint. I, I think it's it's great, good idea. You get people geeked about your brand, but you always leave them wanting more, and that's smart business. But I but I want it, like now. <laughs> Give it to me now. You're such a millennial. You want it, and you want it now. You need it's my money, and I need it now. It's you need instant gratification. Um, no, I'm I'm kind of the same way though. Like, I 
respect the seasonal beers just because that's the only time frame I can get it in the specialty release beers. So when they're available, I'm going to drink them. But I'm the same way as you, though. I'm not just going to drink a stout or a porter when it's cold out. I feel like a stout or a porter when it's 89 degrees and 100% humidity, I'm going to drink it. I mean, that's what it is. But that's the cool thing about seasonal beers because I think a lot of these breweries are now starting to think of, okay, like I know Roke just did this, is there's so many Christmas ales and Scotch ales that come out in December. Let's come out with a Goza. Yep. And they came out with Little St. Nick and... It's a good beer, and it's completely different than anything that's going on. That's the one thing about January that, that drives me so crazy is Hop Slam comes out. Hop Slam's a fantastic beer. It's honestly one of my favorite beers. But all the other double IPs, double IPAs come out at that time, and you have to stop and think and be like, shouldn't I release something different? Very true. You know, so that that's the one thing. Like, while they're seasonal quote-unquote, it's not tied to a flavor or style. It's it's up to the brewer. It's more or less, I'm going to release X amount of beers throughout the year at different times, and this is the style I want to do. You don't have to do a brown or an amber or marzen in the fall. You can do a weed ale. That's, that's a very good point. And there's very few breweries that will produce a traditionally off-season beer in that season. I mean, how many, <laughs> how many winter Hefeweizens do you see? Not very many, but why? There is, I believe it's at Loggers. There was a, oh, it's a shandy. It's like Weizenbach shandy or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that beer was fantastic. And it's something that is completely, for the winter. It's a dark, fruited, wheat beer. Right. It's very good. Not ever produced anywhere else and that that's what sets them apart from everyone else in the market yep like you were saying with rope when everybody else is coming out with something that tastes like freaking christmas trees right they come out with something that's sour and they use some of the fruits that are already have that tart characteristic and say hey hell well let's make a sour beer right and cranberry it's sour it's fantastic try it so i mean year. it's that's I mean, you made a very good point a lot of these breweries are just follow their their trends that they think are going to sell, but when everybody's making that same style of beer, they don't stick out in the shelf. Right. Especially if they're a newer brewery. It, I understand why, because like Sam Adams and Lining Kugel and Sierra Nevada, they all paved the way for all these breweries, right? And they said, hey, during Oktoberfest, we're going to make an Oktoberfest. What's the number one selling Oktoberfest in the United States? It's Sam, Sam Adams. Adams. Why are you going to take your little regional, if not single state brewery, and try to compete against one of the best-selling beers in the world. It's fine. I mean, if you want to make an Oktoberfest, by all means, make yes. an Oktoberfest. I mean, make just a handful ones. of kegs around, and there's some fantastic ones out yes. there. But at the same time, maybe focus your seasonal beer on being a, a porter right. or an English brown. or Don't uh, make it and think, hey, I'm going to take Sam Adams' business because guess what? They were around before we were born. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Don't make it thinking it's going to sell just because somebody else's does. This is more of a PSA than anything. <laughs> right. Open but, your eyes, people. Let's go. I want to give a shout-out to my father-in-law who has a favorite beer <laughs> and knows exactly how to make it. And there's a 
few bartenders in the city of Saginaw that make it to perfection. For right. him. For him. Yeah, just for him. He walks in, I, he gets I it. would not ever drink this. It's, it's not horrible. Okay. It's way too sweet. Not horrible. It's the only way I'll drink cherry wheat. Anyways, he goes, half Angry Orchard, half cherry wheat, four cherries. Don't put five. Don't put three. Put four. So here's a here's a good question poised to us from one of our uh, our fans, Marcus. Um, he asked us, "Do we believe that some beers lose their luster when a seasonal beer um, goes year round, like Backwoods Bastard from Founders?" Um, I absolutely believe that, but that's not necessarily the beer losing its luster. It more falls in line with. Maybe sales teams not presenting it in a different way. They're just saying, oh, Backwoods Bastard, that great beer that we made. No, we can get that all the time now, but look at all this other new stuff that we have. No, focus on that. If you want that to be your another one of your core brands, treat it as such. Yes, it's a special beer. It's a little bit different than everything else. Treat it as such. For instance, New Holland. Dragon's Milk is a year-round barrel-aged beer. It's a big beer. It's something off the wall. A lot of places aren't willing to make a year-round barrel-aged beer, and they're very successful doing that. That's because they treat it as something necessary, something special, something that deserves to be and needs to be everywhere. So if you're going to take a seasonal brand and make it year-round, don't just throw it in your lineup and expect it just to sell because it's sold as a seasonal. You still have to push it. This is This is... In a way, this is a much tougher sale for a brewery because it used to just sell because it was available once in a while. Now it needs to sell because you're making so much more of it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it loses its luster. You get a few people not getting so geeked up about it, but it's just another tool for the brewery to go out the market with. That's another spot in the shelf that they can take up, and that's another beer that they can get the consumer's hands. I'm going to take a different stance. Good. It would be weird if we said the same thing. Right. Because I think it does lose its luster. I used to love Backwoods Bastard just because I could get it one time a year and I could take it and I could age it. And honestly, now that it's available year-round, I don't drink it. I have the bottles I've saved, which we need to do an episode for, um, do a yep. vertical during it. But that's what made it special to me is I could only get it that one time. Now that I can get it year-round, I don't want to drink it. And that's the way it is with even breakfast out when breakfast out was a like a one-off from founders they'd sell through a store would get 10 cases and sell through that in a day and it's just seeing supply and demand and i try to um tell this to my accounts and my retailers is you know your demand for a craft beer is basically like a fist like here's your here's your clientele that want it and the breweries nowadays are making basketball size or larger of it because hey look we sold a lot of it so let's make more and let's make more well the craft consumer is only so big and they're trying to compete with the Bud Light drinkers and everything and you have to be educated and brought into the craft community and brought into appreciate and recognize the beers that are good and it takes a while to do that so when breweries are going through and you know Growth is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Like, if if you're up for the year, that that great news, especially this last year. You know, beer was not even flat. Craft was flat, which is unheard of in the last decade. But when you have something that you have demand for and you make too much of it, the demand goes away. 
because then people are going to see, oh, it's still there. I can get it whenever. And until you educate the consumer more, you're not going to bring your demand up for that product. Does that make sense? No, it's, that's a very good point until they get you saying. Um, but say I am a brewery that is able to make, I'm able to make breakfast out. And yeah. it is. We're picking on founders while we're sitting uh, here I, drinking okay. Oberon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some brewery that is able to make a one of the best world-renowned award-winning brown ales. And I decide to make this brown ale full-time. It's no longer going to be a seasonal. Mm. If I have the ability to make one of my best beers, the beers that I know people like it, even if it is within the season, people like this beer. It wins awards. It's, it's a great, fantastic beer. And I add on to my brewery, and I'm able to make that beer full-time. Why shouldn't I give my consumers the opportunity to get that in their hands whenever they want? Whenever they can have that one brown ale, when they, when they want to rely on a beer in that style or a, or a beer that they're happy with and comfortable with, and I can make that, and they know what it is, it's got a good name, why shouldn't I allow them to have that whenever they want? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying get rid of seasonal beers, but if I have the ability to make a beer that I know people love, yeah, the sell-through is not going to be as great because I'm making so much more of it and the demand's not going to be nearly as high. But if I can get that into my consumer's hands because I know they do like it, why not? It, it, would, be, it would be bad on me as a brewer to disallow my consumers to drink it if I have the ability to give it to them. I get where you're coming from. But on the flip side, when you're making a seasonal, make it limited don't let no i take that back not when you're making a seasonal no when you're making a limited beer keep it limited exactly not everybody deserves a limited beer right cap it find where find the point where i'm gonna hit this topic first find the point where you're all your consumers are being met you're having zero beer on the shelf within say two weeks that's where you want your limited beer to be. You want yep. in and out. That, that's all limited beer is, in and out sales. Uh, but seasonal. Seasonal, right. And the, Again, I'm going to argue with you on this. Is If you make a beer year-round that was seasonal, I think you have to look at your portfolio and maybe... And we're talking beers that are distributed, obviously. In, in your tap house, you're going to keep... I mean, you go everywhere, you're going to have a gold nail. It doesn't mean it's got to be in the market. True. But I think you have to look at your portfolio that you are selling to the market and be like, okay, I have four to five mainstays that I want year-round, and I'm going to have the seasonal. And I'm going to, the seasonal does really well for me. Uh, let's, it's not going to happen in Michigan. Let's just take Oberon, for example. <laughs> so you have Two-Hearted, you have Official, you have Keizu, you have Porter, and you have Oarsman. And you got Oberon. Okay. I want to bring Oberon on full-time. Is that a good idea? Yeah, maybe initially you'll get some sales. But I believe, and I'm in the, the mindset of, maybe you should get rid of the slowest moving of those other ones then. Because if you can come in and say, hey, I got these five, six products that move, or five that move in one, man, not, not really. Retailer is going to cut that one because shelf space is only so limited. True. And I think that's something that people are starting to run into is, you go in and, and pitch your brewery and pitch your beers and say, hey, here's my portfolio, here's my mainstays, here's my seasonals, here are my specialties. And they're going to say, okay, seasonal, 
specialty. Give me three mainstays. See you later. True. So. Good point. Very good point. Well, wherever you stand in this, we are uh, still drinking a seasonal beer. Exactly. And it, it was good. enjoying it. I'm glad we got to talk that out. Did it just... Seasonal beers are awesome. You know. Cheers. Appreciate that, brother. You know what we did not play because I'm confused? <laughs> this is what happens when we go live. I forget to play all the sounders. <laughs> I was oh, waiting for you to do it, but I want to point you out and screwing up. And No, no, you're good. You should have. I, I thought about it. <laughs> Um, so real quick, uh, we were going to have somebody on tonight to interview, but since we're going live for the first time, we decided to just keep things simple, the two of us. So we're replacing that with something I'm much more excited about and talk a little bit about baseball real but, quick. But before that, today's episode is brought to you by the Michigan Tap Room in Stardust Lanes with 41 beers on tap, hundreds of spirits ready for your favorite cocktail, and an environment unlike any other. The Michigan Tap Room in Stardust Lanes is your craft beer destination. All right. So baseball, 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 baseball is back. Um, by the time this show airs for our downloads and followers that way, um, we will be one day away from opening day of baseball season, and I'm excited. So there's been a lot of controversy, a lot of it behind the scenes, but a lot of controversy nonetheless about the baseball season already open, and... Oakland and Seattle played each other in Japan. There's a lot of people not necessarily happy with this because they say, well, baseball, MLB, that should open up in America, you know? Well, why? <laughs> I mean, I understand it's America's pastime and it's, it's, it's our sport, but why? I mean, it is, it is the national sport of uh, Japan as well. So, what is wrong with opening there? On top of that, Ichiro played his last two games of his professional career. Shubin Hall of Famer. I mean, that's a whole other conversation we could have. And he got a standing ovation from, from a crowd from his home country. And it was a very special situation for him. One of the greatest baseball players in the history of the MLB and Japanese professional baseball. It's okay to open in Japan. We're still going to have an opening day here in the U.S. They went and played two games over there and came back and went back to spring training again. It was cool. It's something different. It's something to bring American professional sports to a worldwide scale and taking it to them instead of just showing it to them on TV. Can I ask you a question? Before yes. the game aired, did you know it was going on? Oh, absolutely. Okay. What the MLB needs to do better, and this is coming from a, a not as in-depth baseball fan as you are, is market that game to the broader audience because I had no idea until you texted me that morning. Ooh. Job opening. <laughs> Drop a plate. Um, so here's the problem though. Japan is 14 hours behind us. Um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway. So it started at like 5 a.m. Eastern time. Um, they that's when they started playing it on TV here in the U.S. I mean, it's it, it handcuffs us is very different. It's not a huge audience that's going to watch it in the U.S., but that's that's not the point. You are bringing. I mean, it was two West Coast teams to begin with. It was within the division, 
and you're bringing the game to a greater audience internationally. And on top of that, and I think the, the biggest part is you are you were able to both the league and these two teams were able to help immortalize a great player. They had 160 other games in this season. Those two games, in truth, don't matter that much. Next, the next three times they play each other, things are going to change, and it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. So why not play in Japan? No, I, I'm all for it. Like I think it's cool. You get a, you get an international audience and everything, but I think like the NFL does, and I think this is a concept that the MLB should look at, is why not market these games to a weekend where wake up to baseball and beer mosas and like the NFL does in London. Like that'd be such a great idea. And they just, at least from my perspective, it just went under the radar. Good point. Good point. On top of that, why don't they do it more? Exactly. Make it a series or like a series throughout the year. Be like, Hey, we're going to do every 30 games or something. Two teams are going to go over and play a series in Japan, in London, in Germany, wherever, Australia, for all I care. That'd be cool. I mean, the the difficult part of that, though, is you've got, you've got sometimes four to five games a week in the MLB. So you have to fit 162 games and do a handful of months. So if you go play games over in Germany... Your jet lag is going to be so bad when you come back that that's going to affect you for your next series you're playing at home. It's not like you have an entire week off between games. Well, no, I know. But, I mean, if you if you stay within a few time zones, I mean, if you go to Mexico, why can't they go play Mexico City? I mean, Mexico is a huge sport, or, or excuse me, Mexico is a huge country for baseball to begin with, and so are a lot of other South American and, and um, Middle American countries. Why not utilize them? I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I think it's something they can expand. It's definitely what they're doing is a, a step in the right direction. I just think they have some details to iron out, and they have some details that they can learn from other sports, which the MLB has never been good at. But I think they need to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, why is the NBA so successful? Why is the NFL so successful? And why is the NHL and the MLB under them? True, but I mean another thing, sort of like I said before, um, baseball is also the the national sport of Japan, and this game was, I mean, it was more for them than us, right? It really was, but well, especially with Ichiro and everything. Oh yeah, like, it, which, I get which that. Is awesome. I mean, um, it, it was. I think they should keep doing it every year. I think so too. Do an opening series overseas every year. Make it something. Make it an event. That's that's what the NFL is every week. And NFL is an event. The college football is in an event. MLB doesn't have too many of those because they're playing six so of often. the seven days. So you have an opportunity to be like, hey, we're going to go play overseas and we're going to make sure it's going to be live on a Saturday morning and we're going to push into your bars specials and beer mosas and this and that. The art thing we're going to You just throw. really want a beer mosa, don't you? I really do. <laughs> and I think there's an opportunity there. I just think they have to look at it and grasp it, and I don't know if they're going to, and the history of that league tells me they're not going to. Time will tell. I hope they figure it out. Baseball's not going anywhere. Lots of changes in the oh, horizon, no. I hear, unfortunately, but it's not going anywhere. Manfred, right? That's a commission. Uh, 
Impeach Manfred. Hashtag Impeach Manfred. He's better, but he's no Adam Silver. I think Adam Silver is so forward-thinking and so into what is next that that's the reason. I know you don't like the NBA, but that's the reason the NBA is so successful. Oh, true. No, and, I'll, I'll, I'll give Adam Silver all the credit in the world. I mean, he's he's very very innovative. Um, he's always thinking one step ahead. Yeah, Man- I think Manfred is he's a pushover. Yeah, I think Goodell's riding a wave right now. Where's it going? No one knows, but he's just like woo, easy sailing. Um, and I think Batman just uh, everyone understands Batman just needs to leave. But <laughs> look at look at what Adam Silver is doing. There's a reason he's being successful. Why aren't other leagues following in his footsteps? But anyway, baseball's back. I'm really excited. The Tigers start on Thursday at Toronto. Zimmerman was named the opening day starter. Um, Unfortunately, our fearless ace pitcher, Michael Fulmer, has to undergo Tommy John surgery. Awesome. And there goes the season. But we got a healthy Cabrera. We've got banged up outfield a little bit. Um, I think we're going to do better than last year. That's all I can ask for. 100 losses, here we come. I'm going to start tallying them, baby. I'm doing it oh, again. No, they, not hitting 100 this year. You don't think so? No. Nope. Over under 90. I'm under, going over. Under 90 losses. What are we putting on it right now? A dinner. Done. 99 losses, here they come. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, he said over under 90. It wouldn't matter. It's still That's off true. by 9. 90, 90, 91. <laughs> over or under 90. So what if they, they hit 90, we go out to dinner by ourselves, like together, but pay for ourselves? I'll pay for you. You pay for me. Sounds good. Fair <laughs> enough. I can outdrink you. <laughs> March Madness. March Madness. Um, it is mad, mad, madness. I, I'm going to touch on one thing before we get into Izzo. And then from his own, we'll go to beers again. <laughs> beers. If anyone saw Michigan leave the floor on Saturday and the respect they shown to one of their biggest rivals, Michigan State, it was one of the purest and most enjoyable things I've ever witnessed. They literally beeline walked by telling all of the Michigan State players, Good luck. Michigan State Michigan players were telling Michigan State players, good luck. That's what sportsmanship is, and that's a rivalry where you can hate each other as much as you want, but you respect the hell out of each other. I I loved it, and at the same time, they should be wishing them that. They kicked their butts three times already <laughs> this season. <laughs> I shouldn't say they kicked their butts, but they beat them three times already this season. I mean, you should kind of show them some respect. And if they match up in the Final Four, I hate to say it, but I think Michigan's going to take it. It's a big if. Big if. Let, let's talk about that when we get there. But, yeah, I mean, they should show them respect. But, yeah, that was, was really cool. It was really, really there's, cool. There's, there's been a few pictures that have come become viral because of it. we got Michigan players and Michigan State players talking, shaking hands in the tunnel. Michigan State getting ready to play. Michigan just, just won against uh, Florida. It's really neat. Really awesome. Outside the grander scheme of michigan and michigan state the tournament has been really exciting but if you look at it from the broader picture the top teams are left the top teams are left and that's how it's supposed to be i mean nobody nobody that went down really 
was expected to really make it this far anyway. Right. We expected Oregon to win. Um, it's honestly, in my opinion, it's been very boring. There's been a lot of twenty-point blowouts, and I know those are going to happen, but I feel like they're more often than normal. And this is the year. This year is the lowest overall seed number, like combined numbers for the seeds in the Final Four ever, or Sweet Sixteen ever. So it's uh, um, that this is one nice thing about doing an on-site broadcast. Is beers get brought to you? <laughs> <laughs> so easy. I, I, mo- I motioned to Kelly, our wonderful, wonderful uh, manager here and, and bartender. He goes, "Hey, you want a beer?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he brought me a beer after he dropped a plate in the ground. <laughs> it, was it was him. Awesome. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was funny. Um, yeah, there was. There's very been very few games like Duke and, and UCF. Which, if you missed that game, you missed a heck of a game. Lots of controversy, especially in the final seconds. It was a lot of fun. Um, but real quick, I want to talk about Izzo, and I know you want to as well. Yep. Tom Izzo got a lot of flack recently about supposedly treating a player wrong, disrespectfully on the national stage. He had a player, it was Henry, wasn't it? Yeah. Henry was not hustling up and down the court, and he got in his face when he called timeout and waved his finger in his face and yelled at him and screamed at him and told him when he was screwing up, and Henry tried to make excuses, and his host came back and said, basically, knock it off and quit screwing around. You need to hustle. Yeah, we're winning this game, but win. And he didn't say that nicely. I'm sure he said some choice words in there, but that's Izzo's coaching style. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in this one time that this happens, and even some of the the broadcasters and programs that I respect for their opinions and everything, they bring race relations into it and all sorts of stuff like that. It's, it's Izzo. It's Izzo's coaching style. And after all this quote-unquote controversy came out and this, fake, I'm going to call it fake news because there's real no news to report about this, but there was article after article after article. Izzo's former players and current players defended him, what he did, why he did it, the reasonings behind it. I mean, it's fine. That's Izzo. And if you think that getting yelled at on the court is bad or you see a player getting yelled at, I mean, that's, that's Izzo's job. His job, he's the only one out there getting paid, and that's that's a different controversy. But he wants to win. He needs to win. He needs to win not for just himself, but for those kids and for that school. And he cares about those kids. He cares about that school. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous what people are blowing this out of proportion. I mean, it's it's bad. I don't agree with it at all. You good? No, I'm sure I got much more to say. I'm getting thirsty. And I'm going to take a sip of my beer here. But please give me your take. Our world, our society, is becoming one made of pansies. Have you ever been fired from a job? No. Okay. Have you ever been yelled? I'm an exemplary employee. Okay. Have you ever been (laughs) yelled at for doing something wrong? Oh, literally every day. Guess what? It happens. Life Life sucks. People yell at you. You mess up. You screw up. People hold you accountable, and for some reason, even if it's out of your control, you make honest mistakes, it's going to happen. You're going to get chewed out for it. The, this brings me to the scandal with all the 
um, actors and actresses paying for their kids <laughs> to get into school. Really? What the hell? You know what I did to get in school? I, quote, studied. Didn't really study. I got into school and I barely passed, but I worked my ass off as much as I could and I ended up getting a degree. Life sucks, man. You're going to get yelled at. And it's okay. You grow up. You get better. I had no problem with Izzo chewing him out. He was, you're, you're facing a 15 seed. You should be beating by 25 in the second half. You weren't. You were up four or five. And he was slacking. He wasn't playing defense. He was missing shots. So, yeah, screw you, man. I am going to chew, chew your ear out because why? Izzo has one championship, and he's been this close so many times, and he's getting up there in age. He's got years left, but he's getting up there. His teams are only getting so good. But there's a reason why Draymond Green, who comes in as like a two-star recruit, Izzo puts him through the gauntlet for four years, and all of a sudden he's making $80 million freaking dollars. It's because he teaches them tough love. And you know what? Tough love wins, man. Stop giving your kids everything. Stop pushing or keep pushing people around. Stop just being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Did, did I say something to hurt your feelings? No, screw you, man. You want to hurt my feelings? Cool, I'm going to hurt your feelings back. And guess what? We're going to go have a beer after. Why? Because we're men, and that's what we do. And we talk about things. And it sucks sometimes. It does. You know, life sucks. It sucks. It's okay. It, it, you're going to get to get over it. But just stop being a pansy. I agree. So I coached for a long time. This is my first time in about a decade where I'm not coaching. And never... In my 10 years of coaching, have I ever tried to be soft on a kid to protect his feelings? That's not how you win. Good coaches don't ask them what to do. Good coaches tell their players what to do. You, We're getting lots of criticism tonight. You, you have to do a job. When you're a player on a team, you have a specific job you need to do. If you don't do that job, the entire team suffers. No do your job or go the hell home. No matter the sport. No matter what. No. No matter the sport. I, I don't know. It, it, Adam's all fired up. This I is am, great. It, no, seriously. Dude, grow the hell up, man. Life sucks. Get a helmet. You're going to get yelled at. You're going to get fired. You're going to get kicked <laughs> you in the get dirt. A you're gonna, yeah, you're going to get a helmet. And guess what? You're okay with it. Why? Because you're a man. You're going to go cry to your mama? No, you're not. Because it's okay. Um, for those of you just listening, Adam hit me in the head. That's true. I forgot that we radio <laughs> and don't see everything. This is seriously what it is. But seriously, just grow up, man. Is everything so pushy? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend you? Yeah, guess what? Who gives a shit? It happens. People get offended. You grow up, you get over it, you realize, hmm, in the grand scheme of things, does that one little comment really matter? No, is, if, if what I'm telling you right now is offending you, stop listening. I don't even care. <laughs> Seriously. I was fired up thinking about this conversation that we were about to have, and I, I, I cooled down a little bit. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, no big deal. And I was okay going into it, and now you're getting me fired up again. But seriously. I, I didn't do anything. I'm on your side. You're firing yourself up, man. You're your best hype, man. I am. Like if if you, if you were if you were an R and B artist, you could just <laughs> you, could say, you could say your thing, and then you could also say yeah. <laughs> it's like what I do for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But see, it's, it's stupid comments like that. Don't be offended by that. Why? I love you, Matt. You're, you're a great friend. You do awesome things for the show. Oh. Don't be offended when I tell you don't do anything. <laughs> it takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> That's just it. I've been called fat more times <laughs> in my life than I can imagine. I think you've been called more fat, fat on this show more times in the past year than ever. Pretty. I had a, had a rough like third through eighth grade, but yeah, okay. pretty close. <laughs> See, <laughs> thick skin, man, goes a long way. So speaking of thick skin, I gotta I gotta say real quick. We went and watched a movie on uh, on Saturday. Adam and I had a mandate. Our friend Casey came with us, so three way weird. There was three of us. <laughs> um, we watched a Russian Five movie, and if you don't know about the Russian Five, the Detroit Red Wings from the late 80s to the early 90s. Fantastic story about how they got him over. Read the book. Go see the movie. I'm not going to ruin everything for you. Um, but when it came to the end and some Wait, hold on, hold came, on. <laughs> It's all factual and written down. I think you could ruin it if you wanted to. It's true. <laughs> but anyway, it's true. But, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic story about the history of the Detroit Red Wings hockey organization. I mean, it's if you're a Red Wings fan and don't understand the complexity of this these happenings, you need to go read about it and watch the movie but towards the end of the movie and because it already happened in real life and I knew it was going to happen I, I admittedly got a little misty eyed um, seeing them skate around the, the rink with their second straight Stanley Cup trophy Lord Stanley was proud that night I'm glad I'm not the only one <laughs> just, just a little bit because I, I knew it like 20 minutes earlier I'm like oh my god I know exactly what's going to happen I, I've seen it already a million times and every time I see it I want to tear up that made me teary-eyed, and then the fights um, oh, with the Avalanche. Yeah, goosebumps. That was it. like I do game like six of what was it, the ninety-four. It was game six of the ninety-four where Draper got checked in the boards, and then it was the entire ninety-six. Next, was it ninety-six? Yeah, yeah, ninety-six because ninety-seven they won. Yeah. So, yeah, game six he got checked in the boards, and then ninety-seven he uh, there was the fight. I was like, ah. I, yeah. I know it's coming. This yeah. is awesome. Chills. <laughs> and then I was the same way, though, like going through the accident and everything. I'm like, man, this is so sad. Oh, I feel better. Now that I got that off my chest to the world, I feel better. All right. Let's wrap this baby up. <laughs> Top six. We had this one was kind of tough for me. Um, I'm still deciding none of you. Okay. Cool. I, I couldn't. There's so many good ones. Seasonal-ish beers. Um, I probably went more seasonal than seasonalist because I didn't even include, like, Hop Slam, and I hate myself for not doing so. But. Number six. Who's first this name? Uh, me? You? Is it me? You? I- I'll go first. Good. Um. Right Brain Luminous Lemon. Uh, this was actually a in-house brew they didn't release from the brew house for a while. Um, and then last year it came out, and I like lemon. I like beer. This is a fantastic liquid, and I would suggest to all of you listeners to go out there and, and give it a whirl. It comes out in May. It's a fantastic beer. Good April. Choice. April, May. It comes out soon. It comes out whenever they let us <laughs> drink it. Right. Um... My number six, and there's some days I prefer this to Hop Slam, Petoskey's Hop Cest. 
Ooh, it is a fantastic like double IPA. Um, it just came out, actually. It came, yep. So it comes out um, beginning of spring, pretty much. Uh, double IPA, this beer fresh is phenomenal. If you haven't had it yet, you're really missing out. That's a good one. Yeah. I, th- I think I went a little too seasonal with my list. Okay. Number five. Perrin Blackberry IPA. I can crush this beer. I can crush this beer when I'm sick of beer. I can crush this beer when I'm sick of cider. I can crush this beer when I'm sick of blackberries. Perrin Blackberry that's, IPA. That's weird. I mean, how many blackberries do you eat that you're sick of blackberries? Not, not really many, but I do like them a lot. And <laughs> I, I just love the beer. I, I'm sorry. I, my fridge still has some. Um, my number five. I cannot get enough of this beer, and I can't figure out why. I know there's a lot of people that are not a huge fan of it. Founders Green Zebra. Watermelon Goza. When it's warm out. Number four. Founders Green Zebra. All right, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All no. right. When it's warm out, man, oh, there's nothing like Crushable. it. Crushable. Crushable. It's the best. A little watermelon sea salt. And I'm not a watermelon fan, but... In the Goza style, I can crush it, and I'm the same way. I love it. I love it. So my my great grandparents, specifically my great grandpa, when he was still alive, he would put salt on his watermelon. My grandpa still does sometimes too, and I had never tried that before. That's a completely different way to eat watermelon. Oh yeah. If you had never had it that way, oh, you're missing out. Go try it. Let's hold on. That was your number three, so now I'm a number no, three? No, no, no. That was my number four. That was your number four. Now I'm a number four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're number four. Um, so I prefer this one much more to your counterpart. And it's funny that Lauren just said that on Facebook Live. Parent <laughs> um, Grapefruit IPA. It is out right now. I drank the heck out of it. And this was a couple years ago. I wasn't a fan. I'm a huge fan of the recipe right now. It's incredible. It's See? not overly resiny. It's It's... It's got a great malt characteristic to it, but it's not overly bitter. It's it's refreshing, insanely refreshing. Drink tons of them boats. Lauren mentioned that because we were at a wedding last year. <laughs> I forgot and, about this. Yeah, and I, I, the guy was like bartender, like drinking rum or whiskey and cokes or something, or and he's like, "Hey, we got a pear and grapefruit up here." I'm like, "Oh, no way! I love that beer." I'm like, "Oh, give me one of those." And one turned into about. 37 <laughs> and a, one of the worst hangovers of my entire life and I still like it but it's it's, it's not the same anymore <laughs> when, when you feel that bad like we went to the bar and a couple of breweries I, could, I couldn't even get out of the car I couldn't walk I was that hungover and it was just like yeah nope nope yeah, and even to this day like I'll, I'll drink a couple but can't do it like I used to my friend can't do it like I used to <laughs> Number three. So we talked about Oktoberfest and specialty Oktoberfest and microbrewery Oktoberfest earlier in this episode. So I'm going I'm to hit on that one. I'm going to say Rochester Mills Oktoberfest. Um, I've been wishy-washy, I'm not going to lie to you, with Rochester Mills beers here and there, depending on the brew and everything. And this one, the second they brewed it and I tried it for the first time, I loved it and I still love it to this day. They knocked that recipe out of the park. That is their best beer by far, in my opinion. But Rochester Mills O-Fest, if you haven't had it, go try it in October when it comes out. So they had three years in my short list, and that was one of them. 
and Warrior and Gypsy Goddess are both one of my shortlist too, but they didn't make the cut. All fantastic beers, don't get me wrong. Yes. Did not make the cut. Um, so this one is an easy one because I'm drinking it this evening. Bell's Oberon is my number three favorite seasonal. Number two. My number two, man. <laughs> we did not plan this. No. Um, so I love Oberon because I'm a baseball fan. It means signs of warm weather. And I'll usually drink a handful of Oberons right at the beginning of the season, a handful right at the end, and that's it. Not a whole lot in between, so I find other stuff. Love Oberon. I'm the same way. Like, for the next couple of weeks, that's all I'm going to drink because I love it so much. And then I'm drinking on vacations here and there. And then come August again, though, towards the end, getting a Labor Day, it's like, oh, yep, let's go one more time. One more kick of Oberon before it's gone. So... This is when the list got tricky for me because there's a ton of beers I want to include that were. Uh, um, it's tough because they were seasonals at one time and they either don't make that beer anymore. Like, I used to love Tasmanian Hatter. That's, that's on Holland, my list. But they changed it. It's now Taz IPA, which is good, but it's not the same for me. Then there's. It, it's tough. And, and there was another one that I was going to put on my list was Passion Blaster. Brand oh, new last yep. year was a seasonal, but now it's year-round. Right. So, uh, you could still put a it, seasonal-ish. Ish. The ish is good. Um, so my number two, which might strike a little controversy because it's never quite the same, Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. That's all, that was number seven for me. <laughs> Sierra Nevada, if you don't know, every single year they partner up with a German brewery and make a true-to-style Oktoberfest here in the States. And it is always fantastic. It's almost always a different brewery. I don't, it could be wrong, but I don't think they've repeated breweries yet. Um, no. And it is incredible. It's always incredible, and I love it. So if you ever get a chance, come to August, September, October, Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. If you want a good American Oktoberfest, excuse me, good German Oktoberfest made in America, nothing is better than that. Number one. I'm going to go completely the opposite direction of what we've been doing. I'm going to go with a cider. And I first drank this cider this September, of this just this past September. And it's Blake's Fido. It's a raspberry dry hopped cider with some grapefruit it is the best cider I've ever drank and it is currently my number one seasonal I guess it's not a beer seasonal drink it's a fermented it's fermented it's got hops I mean beverage. it's got hops in it too I mean it's it's essentially it's like an it's, apple beer it's sold in the beer category in distributor wise land so, yeah, that, that's my number one. Dude, that beer is fantastic. Proceeds go to um, Pets for Patriots and all this other fun stuff. So they're helping out the vets, helping out the pets. Two things awesome that I'm completely in tune with. So Blake's Fido, number one. So this is really tough. Really, really, really tough for me because I didn't know what we were going to consider seasonal or seasonal-ish. Um, I don't... 
I, I this okay. So I went easy with it. I mean, this this was outside the every single food one that we do. Right. This was the hardest decision for me because there's one beer and one beer only I've ever had that I do not like. I'm not going to throw this brewery under the bus because I know they made it more than once. And I'm going to go simple here. I'm going to go easy here. And it's mainly because it comes out right around my birthday every single year. Bell's Hops Land. Because when it comes out, I drink a ton of it. And then I'll get a six-pack of it and drink that. And then I'll probably, if I can find some, find a, a five-liter keg of it and drink that. But it's always like a birthday present for me. That's awesome. This list was so hard, man. It was so hard. There's a million it, things it I was, to throw in there. I kept making my list, and I just, it just kept going and going and going. And I, I was like, I just got to go for it and see what happens, and I did. I mean, I didn't even take into consideration any of the... the European breweries. I, I was that. I, I honestly, I didn't even take care, take into consideration a lot of specialty releases. I you know, just I'm, went. This is mostly seasonal. We, but I went seasonal-ish uh, because Oktoberfest is only for like a month or two. We screwed this up. You we know, did. we should have. Let's have a whole episode. What was that episode about seasonal? Beer. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, my friend. Podcast results. Question of the podcast. What you got? Um. We are currently at five people prefer microwave. Yeah. And the resounding reason is it's a lot easier because you can just wait for the beeps. <laughs> 16 people prefer stovetop because it tastes better. I thought this was going to be closer. I'm sad it wasn't. So my entire life, I've been more of a microwave person or like a countertop popcorn maker guy because it's all I've had. But if I like a gas stovetop, I totally do a stovetop. It's not the same with the electric, though. It doesn't taste the same. Interesting. We have a gas stovetop. I love it when I make stovetop popcorn. Oh, my aunt loves Orville Redenbacher microwave popcorn with extra butter. She sent me a message on Facebook today. <laughs> nice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, so we want to say uh, thank you to the Michigan Tap Room at Stardust Lanes with 41 beers on tap and hundreds of spirits ready for your favorite cocktail in an environment unlike any other. Michigan Tap Room in Saginaw at Stardust Lanes. It's your craft beer and fun destination. Subscribe, rate, and listen Apple Podcasts. Give us a review, and we'll read it on air. Read us by email at mattmuse at gmail.com or call in Texas at 989-372-1391 or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at mattmuse and mattmuse.com. We'll be back on Monday. Adam really has to pee right now. See ya. See ya. <laughs>